Welcome to the Gaimia Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're listening to the pod and trust that this message encourages your heart and faith today. At GBC, we're all about partnering with God in the renewal and restoration of all things. And it's our hope that through these sermons, you'll discover the life-changing power of Jesus. If you'd like to join us in person or online or find out more, check out our website at guymerebaptist.org.au. Matthew 20 and verses 17 to 28. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he'll be raised to life. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favour of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared by my Father. When the ten ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Indeed, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thank you, Derek, for that reading. That's lovely. Well, good day, everybody. It is lovely to see you. My name is Roxanne, as I said before, and I am very excited to share this particular story with you um, as we do the On This Rock series. It is this is a real personal reflection of a foundational text, and um, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to take you way back in time to when I first started in vocational ministry. Um, I, when I was a teenager, used to lead kids' church, uh, Sunday school. We called it back in the day. And uh, I enjoyed that. I thought it was important, and I still obviously do see the importance of teaching kids about the Bible, and uh, I think it's it's incredibly important that uh, we sow into the next generation. Uh, And so that was the thing that I did. But um, I had a stirring within me and a desire to do more, to do more kind of ministry. And I had to wrestle um, with God's invitation to start vocational ministry and to, to give up my job and do something entirely different um, in in a full-time ministry role. And uh, there was a lot of work that God did in me to get me to that place. Uh, God had to kind of break some things and raise up something and and get me out of my comfort zone into the challenge zone, the growth zone. Uh, And so there was a whole bunch that happened. And God also had to retrain my brain in some ways, because I had some really weird ideas about what it 
meant to be in full-time ministry. So uh, in my sort of late teens, early 20s, um, I, I kind of had thought that being in, in full-time ministry could almost be spelt like with a capital F, capital T, capital M, you know, like full-time ministry. And that was for the holy people, you know, the halo people, the hero people. That was for the people that was so, so godly and so incredibly uh, important and set apart. And, and it is, like, obviously ministry is not for everybody, uh, like full-time ministry, but I had kind of elevated it in my mind to be this, in, this incredibly important thing, as though there was beacons of light coming and angels clearing the path and full-time ministry was, was what was going on in my mind. And eventually I started in camping ministry over the river in the National Park. Um, and uh, sort of in week one of camping ministry, I sort of got slapped in the face with reality uh, a little bit. And um, I remember at one point I was carrying stacks of chairs uh, from, you know, here to there. Like this is in the days before we'd ever heard of OHS, by the way. Uh, but carrying massive stacks of chairs to places in the heat and, and being exhausted by carrying chairs. And, and I kind of had some stupid, you know, throwaway line that I'd given about, um, oh, you know, join ministry, they said, it'll be fun, they said. One of those kind of those kind of silly comments that you kind of just make off the cuff about, um, I didn't think ministry was going to be like this. And uh, a guy that I was working with, he's a good friend of mine, turned to me and he said, well, welcome to ministry. Ministry is serving full stop. Ministry is being a servant, full stop. And, and I kind of stopped in my tracks at that point. And, um, and God at that time raised up in my mind a memory of this particular scripture that we've read tonight, when Jesus has to take his disciples and their mother, apparently, um, and reshape their understanding of how um, ministry happens, how, how it is to be a servant of God, what, what greatness looks like, how, how to be useful, how to be purposeful, uh, what it means to be in ministry, uh, in the in. Jesus' perception and this sense of if you want to be great, if you want to be um, great amongst you, become the servant. So I want to share with us tonight a little bit of my story about how God kind of retrained my brain, reframed my understanding as I have a bit of a look at this. And, and this isn't something that I think is just for people who God is calling into vocational ministry, because if you are a Christian, if God has called you into his kingdom, if you are a believer, guess what? You are in full-time ministry. Your whole of your life, your full-time all of your time, all of your life is about serving and honouring God. God has saved all of your life and he, he owns all of your life and your life is ministry, whether you're uh, paid for it or not. And if I stopped ministry tomorrow, uh, I would still be in full-time ministry. And so this message, um, God had to show me and teach me um, what it looks like to be in ministry, about serving, about um, being a slave to all, and, um, and what he was going to do through me. So this passage that was read for us before, it kind of looks like three little sections that, that kind of stand alone. There's this moment where Jesus comes along, he's on his way to Jerusalem, he calls the 12 aside, and he's 
has a real talk with them, and he says, we're going to go to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man is going to be delivered, chief priests, elders, there's going to be flogging, there's going to be mocking, there's going to be crucifixion, and the third day I'm going to rise again. And the next little vignette that we see that's read for us is when Zebedee's mum, uh, Zebedee's sons and their mum uh, come along and she, gets, she kneels down and she tries to say to them, hey, Jesus, you know, um, when you come into your glorious kingdom, let's have my sons, let's have these guys sit on either side of you, which is the place of honour. If you're at the right hand of somebody, it's an honour place. And left hand wasn't any different. Uh, and she wants to put them there. And he's like, uh, you know, you're not actually understanding what you're asking. And she says, no, we can do it. And they say, no, we can do it. And Jesus says, well, you will be uh, drinking the cup, which is um, a metaphor for um, copying it, so to speak. We might say, I can cop that or I can take that. Drinking the cup is, is kind of a thing. I can endure this. I can take it. Um, and, uh, and he says, but that's not for me to decide. Actually, Jesus is going to decide. And so out of that, the rest of the disciples get really, really annoyed. I don't know why. Maybe they think, um, you know, how dare they, how ungodly to ask. Maybe the other disciples are thinking, why didn't we think of that? That's a great idea. Hang on, what about me? I should be at the right hand. Don't know. Um, but then the next little scene is Jesus has to pull them aside and have a little Jesus huddle and talk real truth to them. And, um, and this is the verse that, that really spoke to me. Um, so when Jesus pulls them together after the mums had her say and after the brothers have had their say and he pulls them together and the disciples are all probably disunified and really, really annoyed with them, um, Jesus pulls them together and says, look, here it is. You can see what's happening here. You can see that the Gentiles, the Romans that surround us, uh, even the Jewish rulers, they are all about pushing down. They're all about getting their authority and pushing people down. They're all about making themselves look good and high and holy and special and pushing those down around you. They use their power to elevate themselves and not to elevate anybody else, to, 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 to separate um, the, the society structures. And Jesus says, you know this, you know this. He says this, and this is what struck me in the heart of the time. He said, not so with you. Not so with you. You've got to be different. I have a different set of values. I've got a different way of looking things. If you want to be great, if you want to be holy, if you want to be elevated, then you have to make yourself a servant. In fact, uh, you're going to make yourself a slave. And um, man, at the time when I was uh, starting off in ministry and trying to understand who God was and how I could serve him and, and what it might look like to, to, to be in any form of ministry, this, this words kept coming back, not so with you. How am I using my power? How am I using any, any sense of authority I've got? How am I placing myself in the position of a servant? How am I making myself like a slave? Because that's what Jesus did. And um, so there's a, there's a few things that I had to kind of retrain myself in, and there's a few ways that I had to look at Jesus to help me really understand this and, and for it to get out of my head and into my heart and also then into my hands so that I would be more what Jesus calls us to do. 
actually had to learn to humble myself and to get over myself in a way. Um, James 4.10 talks about how we can humble ourselves, and and this is what I had to do. Um, James 4.10 says, um, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up or he will exalt you. And um, as I was going through this process and trying to understand what it meant to be a servant and a slave, I remembered I have to humble myself in God's sight and then he's going to lift me up. Because friends, I've got to tell you, if I don't humble myself and, and, and um, put my life under God's lordship and, and, and be humble before him, if I don't do that and I lift myself up, then maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm doing God's job. I'm doing God's job by lifting myself or exalting myself up. And if I'm doing God's job by lifting myself up and exalting myself, then maybe, just maybe, God has to do my job for me, which is to humble me. And I have a sense that God's probably better at that than I am. (laughs) And I didn't want that. So I had to learn to humble myself before the Lord and and to, to come to him as this servant and slave. So what I did at this time when I was running through this passage, is I kind of looked at Jesus through three different kind of viewpoints. Um, I looked at Jesus's words, I looked at Jesus's works, and I looked at Jesus's way. Uh, it's an old kind of framework, but, but it still kind of flows for me, and it, and it flowed for me at the time. So I looked at Jesus's words, I looked at Jesus's works, and I looked at Jesus's way. And this is how this verse kind of landed with me. And I'm going to share what I learned, and and maybe you can learn from this too, uh, and not have to get slapped in the face with reality in the way that I did. So the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus, um, when Jesus says this to his disciples and they don't get it, um, Jesus reminded me at the time um, to pay attention to what he says and to take it seriously. Last week when Mark was preaching, we we heard a story of a woman who came and she kind of got what Jesus was saying. She understood and she interacted with Jesus um, and then she kind of obeyed him. And it it reminded me of um, the name of this series is called On This Rock. And the reason it's called On This Rock is because in Matthew chapter 7, just a few uh, pages or scrolls in your Bible earlier, Jesus actually says, anybody who listens to my words and does what the words say are like somebody whose life is built on a rock and storms can come and floods can come and and their, their, their life will remain solid. And I had to be reminded at the time that it wasn't just Jesus saying, anyone who listens to my words is like somebody whose life was built on a rock. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my words and does what they say, that's whose life is built on a rock. And for me, um, at the time, trying to understand this, I had to take Jesus' words and not just give mental assent, not just kind of make it a theological thing that I could understand and, and nod my head and go, yes, very interesting. I had to actually put them into practice and do what they say um, in order for me to grow and shift and change. 
So when I'm looking at Jesus and trying to understand this, I want to be somebody who listens to the words of Jesus, does what they say and have it enacted out and and in my life obvious to all. So when Jesus says, um, not so with you, if you want to be great, become a servant, I need to start putting that into practice, not just mentally, not just kind of shaking my head and going, yes, but actually doing the work that a servant does. And in the case of me, it was moving chairs. (laughs) It was moving chairs, the work that a servant does. It also means listening to to the scripture, not just the the words of Jesus in the gospels, but the whole lot of the scripture. Another verse that I need to pay attention to and listen to the words of God is in Philippians chapter 2, where it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. In our relationships with one another, we need to have that Christ mindset. And so as I was trying to pay attention to the words of Jesus, it was, it was what he was saying, what in my life should be built on the rock. It was putting it into practice. And it was also a relational thing, listening to the words of Jesus, that in my relationships with others, I should have the same attitude as Jesus, that humble, that self-sacrificing, that servant attitude in all my relationships. And, and God had to teach me how to do that because, friends, I've got to tell you, that does not come naturally to me. Uh, it does not come naturally to be a servant, to be a slave. I'm naturally very lazy and very selfish, can I just say. But Jesus has had to teach me by paying attention to his words, and um, scripture is filled with, um, with examples about how we can pay attention to the words of Christ. I also, as I was learning this lesson about what it means to be great in God's kingdom, I also had to pay attention to the works of Jesus, what Jesus actually did. And here we see it in, um, in this passage. Um, Jesus is about to predict his death. He's on the way to Jerusalem. He gets the 12 aside and says, here's how it's going to be, guys. This is what it's going to be like. It's going to be mocking, flogging, crucifixion. I'm going to rise again. And I have no idea what these disciples were thinking. They, they might have thought, that he's speaking in a parable because they seem to be really, really keen on being a part of it and thinking that they could also do that. Uh, We can drink the cup. Uh, They said, we can do this too. (laughs) They can't. Um, And Jesus says in the works, this is what I came to do. The Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. And as I was learning and looking at Jesus and looking at the work that he did on the cross and learning how to be great in God's kingdom and become a servant, looking at that example of Jesus who, even though he was God, died on a cross uh, for us, I had to kind of hang on to that and think, Jesus has done this once and for all. And for me, learning how to to be a servant and how to be a slave um, also meant that I had to just know and believe and trust that Jesus had done everything, that I didn't have to be in ministry or, or serve in order to earn salvation, that I had to look at the work 
of Jesus and know that it was one and done. It was once and for all. That nothing that I could do for serving or uh, carrying chairs or, or being kind to anybody, nothing that I could do could add to what Jesus had already done on the cross. That was it. It was done. The other thing I had to learn at the time was there was nothing that I could take away from what Jesus had done. There was nothing that I could do wrong that would take away my salvation. And I had to learn to look at the works of Jesus on that cross and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to be a servant, I'm going to be a slave, I'm going to um, make myself great by serving you, and I'm not doing it by earning anything. It's just I'm just doing what, what I'm called to do. And that's a lesson that, I, that I've I'm still, I'm still learning every day, every day. So I had to listen to the, the words of Jesus. I had to listen and watch the works of Jesus. Another way that I had to learn this was I had to look at the ways of Jesus. And we see Jesus over and over and over again in the gospel story, uh, the way he serves, the way he blesses, the way he works um, in, in being a servant and being a slave. I think about um, in Mark chapter 6, Jesus has probably the worst day ever. Uh, he's had this great high. He's sent out his disciples to do a whole bunch of work. He's, um, he's heard the story about how his cousin, John the Baptist, has actually been beheaded and killed. Uh, he's absolutely tired. He's devastated. He goes away to a quiet place with his disciples in order to rest, and the crowd find out about it. And next minute, there's five thousand men plus women and children following him and and then he has to teach them and then they're hungry and he has to feed them and we have the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand and Jesus has compassion on them and I look at the ways of Jesus about how even in the darkest times even in the hardest times Jesus is the one who serves he blesses and and I look at that and I think that's who I want to be I look at the way that Jesus heals. Have you ever noticed in the, in the Gospels how um, everything seems to happen as an interruption for Jesus? It always seems to happen that, that Jesus is on his way somewhere and he gets interrupted by somebody. He's on his way uh, somewhere and, and Jairus comes and he says, my daughter needs healing. And then he's on his way to Jairus and then a woman who's bleeding comes and, and, and interrupts him. It seems for Jesus the interruption is the mission. The interruption is, is the ministry in his healing. He never says no to anybody. Um, he's always stopping to heal or to help or to um, teach the, the, uh, make the blind see over and over again. The ways of Jesus, he does it in his healing. He also serves in his teaching, even though his disciples don't get it. And they don't get it over and over and over again. He continues patiently to serve and bless them by teaching with empathy and guidance. And, and I, I know he gets frustrated at times, but he continues to teach them. Um, I absolutely love seeing the ways of Jesus, how he does this. And, and for us, that's a great example for us if we want to be great in the kingdom of God, to continue to serve and to, to put ourselves in that position where God can use us. But one thing I do notice too about Jesus in the ways of Jesus, yes, he heals, yes, he teaches, yes, he um, does all those incredible things, but he also withdraws to a quiet place with God to pray. 
He also spends the time being refilled and recharged and, and spending time just one-on-one -on -one with God. He always has those mountaintop moments. And um, that's another thing that I've had to learn in serving is I can't serve out of an empty space. I can't, I can't uh, serve with no refill. I need, like Jesus did, to spend time with God, to be renewed and refreshed. Um, the, the Holy Spirit needs to fill me. I need to be connected to God in order to serve. And um, for some of us, um, we need to be careful about how much we serve and, um, and we need to be careful about burnout. We need to be careful about making sure that we are renewed and spending time with the Lord um, in order to serve. For some of us, serving might be a new thought. That might be something that we hadn't thought about, putting ourselves in that position. But when I look at Jesus, I see the fullness of that. I see examples of Jesus serving and being a servant, obviously the servant king, but also being filled so for, um, for me, that's been something that I have had to learn. I'm not naturally a servant, not naturally um, gifted to serve. It's not my natural position. I have had to learn this. Um, and my example has been Jesus, and it continues to be Jesus. And I want to be the kind of person that has this as their default mode. Not about you, but um, I, I like, I love, in fact, being the person that tells people what to do. I would prefer to tell people what to do than do the doing. That's my default. And, and I feel for these disciples. I feel for them because just a couple of chapters later, Jesus, oh, before this, sorry, uh, Jesus has actually said to his disciples, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And anyone who's left fathers or brothers, etc., for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And for me, my default mode is sitting on a throne judging people. Love it. That sounds amazing. I want a spinny chair. I want it to be like the voice where I press a button. Uh, that's what my default mode is. Um, but, oh man, this is not the Jesus I hear about in the Gospels. This is not what Jesus says is the path to being great. In fact, Jesus immediately after that says, uh, the first will be last and the last will be first. So friends... This is something that I am still working out every day, every day. I need to work this out. I need to place myself in God's hands and humble myself before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, send me. I am your servant. And we see this in the New Testament, all the way through the New Testament. Uh, the, the word uh, servant and, um, and slave, those words, we get the word deacon from servant and uh, doulos from slave. The, the New Testament writers were always referring them to, to themselves in that way. I, a slave of Christ, I'm a servant of God. Um, and, and they have had to learn it, and I have had to learn it, and maybe you need to learn that too. To be great in God's kingdom is to be the servant of all. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like for me? It could be moving chairs. It might be something as simple and profound as giving up your seat on the train for the sake of somebody else. It might be in your house replacing the toilet paper. 
It might be something as simple as putting your shopping trolley back or finding someone with kids who are struggling to put their kids in the car or in their shopping trolley and, and taking it back for them. It's just looking and responding when you see a need. For you to be a servant or a slave like me, it might be, might be listening to someone, sincerely listening to someone and not thinking about what you're going to say next in response to what they're saying, and you're half listening because you're like, oh, I've got something great to say, um, it might be just the gift of listening and spending time and attending to someone that is the way that you can be a servant for them, so that, um, like Jesus does. It could be teaching. It could be um, joining a ministry team when you'd rather be a passenger and you just want to be served, but instead God's calling you to serve, you'd rather receive. Oh, it could be in your house, it could be the people you live with, an opportunity to bless somebody or to serve somebody or to pick up after yourself uh, in a way that you didn't. These things might not be big to you, but they might be big to somebody else. And so that is something that, that I am working on, and I do ask you, if you see me not serving, uh, not slaving, um, feel free to come and let me know. And let me give you a challenge. Take the words of Jesus seriously. Pay attention to his words. If you want to be great in his kingdom, learn to be a servant. Look at the works of Jesus, how Jesus came to, to save us, how he gave up everything for us, and there is nothing you can do to add to it or take away from it, and you can rest in it. And then look at the way of Jesus, how he treats others, and, and model your own life on that. So that's my, that's my heart. Uh, that's, that's something that I have had to learn, just a little insight into young Roxy um, that I have had to learn, and it is still something I work on every day because it's a hard, hard call. And I want to be somebody who is like Jesus. Amen? Let me pray for you, and uh, I'm going to call the band up because I think we're going to sing a song, she says in faith. Um, and... Let me, let me pray for you if you're considering uh, serving God in ministry, or maybe you're thinking about the youth and young adult role, I don't know. Um, maybe you're thinking about how you can, um, yeah, just get closer to God. Um, let, me, let me pray for you in terms of that. And um, after, well, after I pray and we sing, there's going to be people down the front for prayer. So if you've got any other prayer requests, then please do come down and get some prayer. So why don't you stand with me and uh, let's pray and then we're going to worship. Oh, Lord God, I thank you that when you call us into your kingdom, you don't leave us the way we are. Lord God, I thank you that you teach us uh, even when we, we get things so wrong, <laughs> we get things so muddled up. Jesus, I want to thank you that you taught those disciples, Lord God, who wanted to kind of lord it over, um, but instead you gave them the way that you value and I thank you that you've done that in me, and I thank you that you're doing it in us as a community, Lord God. I thank you that you call us to be people who elevate you, who, uh, who lift you up and humble ourselves. Lord, will you help us when we find ourselves elevating ourselves? I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to see it and to stop it. Lord, I thank you that, um, yeah, that you're doing a work in each of us, and, and Lord, you're making us who we're meant to be in you. You're making us people who are others-focused, who are humble, who are loving, who are big-hearted. And uh, Father, I pray for each person here that we might reflect you more.
We thank you for your works and your words and your ways. Lord, continue to teach us this week as we dive into your word, as, uh, as we trust in your promises, Lord God, as we build our lives on the rock that is Jesus. Pray a blessing on each person here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast. We hope you found inspiration and encouragement and God used this message to speak to you. If you want to connect more with GBC, you can follow us on social media or contact us via our website. You can also get to know some of the people from our church community through the We Are The Church podcast. Real stories of real people sharing how Jesus has shaped and transformed their life. We pray you experience the transforming power of Jesus in your life and pray that God blesses you today. Today.